Welcome to Season 4 of Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. This podcast is part of Grow Me a Story, our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative, and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I have been bringing special guests to you since the beginning of 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Throughout the month of November, we've been sharing our interview with our good friend, Alex Cook, who has used his creativity and passion for music to become a music event promoter. Today, we'll continue to hear about the vision Alex has for Wallace and the Silver Valley. Here is episode four of our Dreams and Bones interview with music promoter Alex Cook. Well, that's not just me. I, I would say yeah. Carl Carl Rowe, mm-hmm. his vision is because he came from Nosbury Farm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is perfect for us too, but he has like that theme park. Right. He, yes. And Wallace yeah, oh, would, yeah. would really make the perfect Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> yeah. The mining version. Well, in yes. fact, Knott's Berry Farm, because that was one of my favorite places as a kid. In fact, mm. I, and it was my favorite place. Yeah. And now that they have like a an all-you-can-eat meal pass. Like, oh my <laughs> it's goodness. even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's... it's mm. um, yeah. But I think Wallace, in particular, because it is a tourism-driven town. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That and it's just the architecture and the mm-hmm. desire to preserve it here. Mm-hmm. It just makes a, a perfect location for that kind of a of a amusement mm-hmm. tourist spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Carlton, with his Park City background, he's also has. I mean, that ride I just described is like the end of June and July, but he's got the vision for for things in in. He's more of a cool weather guy. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah. like the yeah. August and September, wow. it'll have like a bluegrass thing here and a country thing here. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's gonna be a lot of stuff. And our goal is, our goal is, is Wallace really needs to be a year-round event. Mm-hmm. Right. That'll that would certainly change things around here if if that was possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is possible. Mm-hmm. But it's right. Just it's See? there. We are figuring There's out our how promoter. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said earlier, finding places. So, yes. so I want to get to a, a, a couple of questions and a couple of thoughts. I want to hear what you have to say. You've talked a little bit about the fact that that you you don't feel like you are musically gifted. Uh, you know, Carol and I talk about uh, with the uh, with our kids that we work with. We talk about four different areas of creativity. Oftentimes, music and storytelling and theater and writing. No art. Oh, art. Uh, Writing's I, I, under the storytelling. Writing's under the story. Oh, okay, if you're going to say, no, music isn't necessarily a creative outlet for you. Writing? Are you a writer? No. You Not are my... a storyteller, though. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, yeah, which is kind of together. Saving that one for the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, my, I think my art is, well, when I have, I have a, a gift with an ear, I, I actually have found a lot of really, really good talent before some of Because that's like the mm-hmm. business of the mu- of music. Oh, yeah. Is finding talent before someone else does yeah. that you can grow them up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then they become like the next big thing. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. You have to wade through a lot. Even you hear a lot of phenomenal talent. 
but then like ego gets them somewhere and there's a lot of, a lot of disappointment too. Yeah. Still it's worth it because it just takes one. Right. And kind of Wallace for me was that Wallace is the talent. Mm-hmm. And that's why on Blues Fest this year, Wallace is the stage. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I've heard enough here and I see enough here that like Wallace is the star yeah. that needs to be developed. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but the, my ear is definitely my talent because I, I do mm-hmm. think that I have a really good ear mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. hearing and not just hearing what's good now, but hearing what's going to be trending in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, do I hear something like, oh my goodness, this is something that's going to be really hot five years? Because it takes an artist a few years. they got to right. pay their dues. Mm-hmm. So if you find someone even like five years before they really hit it big, mm-hmm. um, then you've found a little gold mine. Yeah, yeah. But I think my art really is like designing the show, putting the show mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And, Filling in all, not just the big stage, but filling in all the, the side stages. Mm-hmm. Um, for Blues Fest this year, I didn't really have a say on Saturday because I was all chosen and done mm-hmm. before I even got on board. We had literally two months to put everything together. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, but on Friday of that, that um, Carlton and I wanted to spread it out more because everything that they've done in previous years is like there's one free stage in downtown and everybody congregates around that stage. And it doesn't spread out to the rest of the town. Mm-hmm. And so like other businesses, even during huge events, it's kind of hit. In fact, one of the things we learned about this year is when we had the free stage by City Hall, it kept people in that vicinity. So like like um, the Blackboard and Sixth and Cedar and Silver Corner got a lot of business. But it really, Saturday was a not such a great business day for everybody else in town, even though no. we had twice as many people. Right. Out. But Friday, we had 18 different venues around town, each with music. Um, we had, we focused, because I'm not really a drinker at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like the occasional New Year's champagnes, but, mm-hmm. but otherwise it tastes awful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we wanted to, because one of the things I looked at, as I'm a, definitely a demographics person too, mm-hmm. and the average demographic for previous Blues Fest was like around 70. Mm-hmm. and you can't grow with that right? yeah. that's yeah. like the downward trend yeah. so this year we actually lowered it down to 54 mm-hmm. which but still there's good. a lot of work to do yeah. um, and especially because one of the things that I noticed last year just walking around town a lot mm-hmm. I had a lot of free time last year um, there's a lot of families that come to Wallace mm-hmm. they walk around they look at the building they'll have lunch at 1313 or somewhere that they can afford for their kids mm-hmm. And then they leave. But there's lots and lots and lots of kids I noticed. Not so much this year, but last year. There's lots of kids. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be a way to capitalize on a town that can attract the whole family. Because yeah. I'm not going to push out the seniors either because right. they want to have fun too. Everybody wants to have fun. Mm-hmm. But there should, should be events at all of these different things that attract the little kids, that attract teenagers, that will attract young adults, mm-hmm. that will attract the older folks. Um, I thought Skeeter was a phenomenal event mm. this year. Mm-hmm. They had a full age range demographic, and it was still more on the drinking side, but because of the, the sport involved, too, there were still younger people there. Right. It was fun. Um, gyro Days was definitely more kids than adults this year. Mm. Um, and the carnival always helps with yeah. that aspect of it. But then, like with the adult things, I mean, Wallace is definitely gears to a 40 year old woman or a Grumpy old guy. <laughs> There's not a lot of, and so when you have a very limited demographic, 
you also have all of these businesses buying for that same demographic. Right. Mm. So instead of a, a, an antique shop and a bar and something that caters to the older folks, it's like all catering to like 40-year-old women and 70-year-old guys. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in town really that's... Because of the ski resorts especially, we should be attracting like the 25 to 30-year-olds right. because that's a really like the key money-making demographic for restaurants. And they're, they're old enough to still want to have fun, but young enough to be a little bit more conservative with their money. So mm-hmm. a place like Wallace is really a bargain. Yeah, They can ski, especially at Lookout, they can ski for a bargain still. It's easy for folks from Spokane or Missoula to drive in both towns or college towns to some degree too, especially Missoula. So, but it, the, the Wallace doesn't receive the trickle down from those young adults. Mm-hmm. It's packed at, at Lookout or at Silver, but it's not packed here mm-hmm. during the wintertime. And it should be. Mm-hmm. With the bars, without the bars, right. there should be things here that there should mm-hmm. be shopping experiences here, should be music, the melodrama. Because I don't think you had a melodrama last winter. Well, we do. We don't do anything. We do a Christmas show, and then we do a spring. Yeah, you had a Christmas show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know what? In the past, I mean, that we've tried, you know, like showing movies. We've done movies, you mm-hmm. know. We have tried different things, and, right. but nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah, the difficulty that we have is, uh, from what I hear, is the difficulty that, you know, some of the restaurants have, all the different stores. Right, right now, the difficulty has been finding the people that yes. you need to work. Yes, and and that's that certainly is our is our experience is putting on a play is a long term commitment and and yeah. and we we don't pay very well. <laughs> well, and like the play we're doing right now, we don't play at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, so. we got fourteen people in a cast, and yeah. Yeah. they're doing it because yeah. they love to do it. You yeah. know, yeah. Well, one of the things because I did come in a little bit wide eyed and and bushy tailed last year. And a few folks in town that kind of got under the collar a little mm-hmm. bit. It's like, this is wallet. Just mm-hmm. keep it down. Mm-hmm. And they told me, like, because it's overwhelming for businesses here to have a large crowd. Right. Yes. Because there's no, like, apparently a few years ago, like, folks at either Blackboard or Feening Goat or somewhere, they all quit at one time because they just couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. And they're not paid enough to handle that big of a yeah. crowd. Yeah. But one of the reasons why I've actually come to realize why there is not a staffing um, abundance here. It's not because people don't want to work. And that's where the excuse was I heard last year is people don't want to work. Kids don't want to work. But they want to work smartly. Mm-hmm. And so if Wallace is just a seasonal town where it's only open during the summertime, then those folks that are hired know that they're going to lose their job in September. Yeah, And that's why we don't have a lot of... Kid, I mean, Dave Smith, they'll, they'll hire kids right out of high school mm-hmm. and train them up. And, but those kids know that they'll have it. As long as they're doing a good job, they'll have it. They're not going to go anywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, like, the mining, the mining is a good job. Mm-hmm. So if, if you get into the mine, you know you're not going to go anywhere unless there's an accident or something. Right. But, I mean, most of the other industries in the Valley, and especially Kellogg, because Kellogg is not tourist-driven. Right. Um, people will work at those at the coffee shops there and, and restaurants there. McDonald's is plum full. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know that they'll have, as long as they, they do a good job, they'll have a job. Yeah. Here, you know, you're not going to, and even in the summertime sometimes, it's still not the kind of hours that you're looking for. Yeah. So you can't raise a family on 20 hours a week no. for just right. the summertime. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really what the, 
what the mm. hiring problem is in Wallace. It's not that people don't want to work. It's that people don't want to work 20 hours a week for just a few months out of the year mm-hmm. and then figure out in September what they're going to do yeah. next. Yeah. So if, if people here can find a job, they're going to stick to it. Mm-hmm. And it, as long as and a few businesses have learned that this this last couple of years especially, and even before that, but um, Kimberly at the Stardust has a great staff that she's kept. Mm. Um, the Brooks Hotel has a phenomenal staff. In fact, they've got four chefs. <laughs> right. Mm. Wow. Um, and they need that. And yeah. right. And instead of like a lot of other restaurants are trimming down their hours or closing all together for the winter, they're expanding their hours. Mm-hmm. Like Wednesday through Sunday for dinner and then mm-hmm. an extra hour for breakfast and lunch during the day. So, yeah. Because they have the staff, they can do it. Right. right. Yeah. And they've really done a lot of new things and fun yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really the key for Wallace to succeed. It's it's not shrinking back and not doing a lot of events. It's having more events, so then there's more opportunity to stay open and make yeah. money for all of the businesses, mm-hmm. not just the restaurants and bars. Right, right. And then that will bring more retail, more, more um, Nosbury Farm type right. gimmicky yeah. stuff. But yeah. again, that's a long process. You're saying. Yeah. Well, it, it it is. It is. You have to stick to it, and yeah. I think there's still. In the Silver Valley as a whole, there's still kind of a negativity where we're blaming the people for not wanting to work rather than realizing what the actual problem is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And until that changes, or because there's a lot of new people that have moved to the Valley, mm-hmm. especially here to Wallace, most of the businesses here, not all of them, but a lot of them, are new people to town. Yeah. Um, then there's kind of like an us versus them mentality yeah. too. Because Wallace is definitely a dichotomy of very old or very young mm-hmm. um, there's not a lot of mid-tweeners mm-hmm. <laughs> in town. And and I'm just in the couple of years that I've been here, um, it's it's been a turnover already. Mm-hmm. And just the last year, it's been a few more businesses open and a, yep. a few more closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's going to stay like that until yeah. the entirety of Wallace realizes that the, the economy is dependent on being a friendly tourist town. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just a benefit to the businesses, um, one of the things that I realized early on, and the real benefit for having a tourist economy to the residents here, the old town residents especially, is um, the more tourists that we have in town, the easier it is for Harvest Foods to stay open. Right. Sure. Yeah. In the wintertime, they struggle. Mm-hmm. The more tourists that we have come through town, the easier it is going gonna, gonna to be for Ace Hardware mm-hmm. to stay open. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm sure it's profitable to some degree, but it's slim margins for both mm-hmm. of those oh, places. Yeah. Yes. And so it, they're not dependent on local business because the local business in reality is going to Walmart to buy mm-hmm. the majority of their groceries, mm-hmm. is going to mm-hmm. even grocery outlet because mm-hmm. they're saving money. The right. economy has forced everybody in the whole valley. In fact, we have more people, I think, shop at Harvest Foods from Mullen because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. they'll, they'll drive this, but they don't want to drive all the way to right. Spencerville. Right. So, but it's, it's, if residents don't realize that the tourists support their convenience too. Mm-hmm. It's the convenience of having Harvest Food and having right. Ace Hardware and other businesses in town, the restaurants in town. Mm-hmm. You can, it, it can easily, if, if a few businesses close, it can easily be just one or two businesses, restaurants in town. Mm-hmm. And as the fewer businesses, the less business, because then fewer people want to stop. Right. Yeah. So then prices... Prices get rise. So some of those older folks that are dependent on being able to walk for breakfast in the morning 
I'm not going to be able to walk for breakfast mm-hmm. if, if there's no breakfast right. open. Yeah. And you get to, like, you know, winter. And I know I've heard sometimes where, um, yeah, people come off the ski hill and they come, you know, and it's like nothing's open. Yeah. You know, because they yeah. ski till, you know, into when it's dark and then they're ready for a meal. And, you know, and a lot of places are closed by eight. And, yeah. And they're ready for a meal. You know, and it's yeah. those kind of things that... Yeah. Well, in fact, that's why I agree with Carlton on the Park City mentality. They're open all the I mean, it's like the, the mini Vegas of Utah. Right, right. right. It's open. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the more, because it was a ghost town for a little while, Sundance was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember seeing it when it was a ghost town. It looked a lot like Wallace. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was closed. And then um, Carlton knew that the folks, the Mountain Music, something, um, they, they started doing free shows in the park, and it just kept progressing to now it just became park city is a year-round attraction it's not just a ski resort anymore it's Mm -hmm. year-round and there's literally dozens of of music shows it's kind of like the the branson of utah Mm -hmm. kind of where where once you build something more people come they add down to it but you just it was that first theater in branson it was the amusement park there in branson that refused to close Mm -hmm. and stay open it's like you know what that brings more people, and it was family friendly. So mm-hmm. it just that's what built Branson. That's what builds Nashville now. Right. That's why it's probably one of the few big cities that hasn't succumbed to the depression of, uh, even though it's a very blue city, but the homeless are still there. But it doesn't mm-hmm. look like it does in the West Coast mm-hmm. or right. the East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still a very tourist friendly town to walk around in. You can walk around at three o'clock in the morning. And you're not going to get mugged. Mm-hmm. At least if it happens, it's going to be someone who's very desperate. But yeah. it's safe at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I can remember even 15 years ago walking around Seattle at 3 o'clock or Portland at 3 right. o'clock in the, in the morning for shows. And now it's completely gone. Yeah. Um, and Memphis now is quite scary. Mm. You, I don't think I'm walking Memphis after 11. Yeah, yeah. And I've got the lights. And th- so, but that's, not, I mean, that, that's never going to happen here. But what Nashville learned... To grow and they're still growing. They're one of the, the larger metro areas that are continuing to grow. Mm. Is just being open and having that tourist attraction because it doesn't yeah. just bring the tourists. It brings the families then that want to move there and work in the offices and work in the building. It's it brings it just brings people. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Alex, we have taken over an hour of your time. Oh. Um, <laughs> now you can see how yappy I really am. No, I, this that's is great. Wonderful here in the, again, I, I think the creativity and the vision that you bring uh, to uh, our community, it's just, it's fun to listen to. Uh, thank you so much for well, coming in and sharing with us. As they say in Nashville. It's show, don't tell. So yep, yep. Now that I've yapped a lot, now you've got to really show it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another year of conversations with people who live creative lives. Carol, any thoughts on today's episode? I love hearing Alex's vision for what could happen mm-hmm. in... Uh, in this area, in the Silver Valley. And by the end of him sharing all his ideas, it really got my wheels turning. Yes, I know. It, it's exciting to hear what could happen, even if all it is is what could happen someday. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, 
We'd like to thank you for listening to this program. Would you like to see what else we do at Grow Me A Story? Visit www.growmeastory.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, read our Fertile Ground blog posts, and find more ways to learn about living a creative life. Join us this coming Friday for the first episode of our interview with local flower farmer, Carrie Alexander. And don't forget to subscribe to Dreams and Bones on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to any of these apps on your phone, and you will be notified each Friday when another episode of Dreams and Bones has been published.